Welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. Welcome back to our regular listeners. I'm John Eldridge and uh, got a special treat this time. Paul Lavelle is a man uh, who was a member of our team for a number of years at Ransomed Heart and uh, just a really good guy. Nights and weekends, he went back to school while working at Ransomed Heart and got his counseling degree. And then it was just clearly called to a very unique ministry. And so we just wanted to share what Paul's doing uh, with our friends and our world. So I'll give you a glimpse, and then I want you to hear some of Paul's stories. Um, what Paul does is minister to the hearts of men and women coming out of um, military experiences from yes. various branches of the military. If you've been in the Ransom Heart world for any amount of time, you know the heart central. Um, we see ourselves as kind of heart surgeons giving people back their heart. And when you give somebody back their heart, you give them back their life. But what Paul does is a very deep work, very much in the in the spirit and, and even with the message of Ransomed Heart, but very specifically towards guys uh, in the military. So welcome, Paul. Welcome back to Ransomed Heart. Yeah, thanks, John. It's it, good to be here. Yeah, good to see you again. It's pretty wild to have you back in the building. Uh, it's, it's kind of cool. It's been a couple years almost. So give us a glimpse. Um, we were sitting over lunch the other day. And you started to tell us stories of what's happening with the guys that are coming to you out of pretty elite parts of the military, pretty intense yeah. combat experiences, pretty fresh combat experiences. What, yeah. what are you doing? Well, we started a little ministry called Operation Restored Warrior. Right. And um, it really does catapult off of the Wild at Heart message, um, Battle to Fight, Adventure to Live beauty to rescue. It is just so true. It's true in civilian people's lives, men, and uh, even more so in the men who are in the middle of battle. So we have a, um, a place up in uh, Yarmany Creek Ranch that dear friend allowed us to, to use. He's partnered with us. And we bring about five or six warriors, uh, many who, as you just said, have experienced fresh battle experiences, wounds. These are guys coming out of Afghanistan. They're coming out of Afghanistan. They're coming out of uh, Iraq yep. still. And the ministry actually started out of my position here and going to boot camps and right. how your message of Wild the Heart spoke to the warrior heart and the men who were actually in uniform, it resonated pretty significantly through them. Um, well, and for you, I mean, you absolutely. How, how, many, how many years did you spend in the military? Right. I was in for 26 years. Right. Yeah. And, and highest ranking civilian rank that you can get in the Air Force, right? Yeah, it was the highest enlisted rank. Enlisted rank. So I, yeah. was, a, I was a chief master sergeant. Yeah. And uh, I certainly um, understand where these guys are coming. However, I've not been into combat like these guys have. But understanding the heart now, having worked with you and, and the guys here at Ransom Heart for the three years that I did and the couple of years that I volunteered, absolutely understood the heart and what's been said against these yep. men. Yep. So by word of mouth, these men come, and we do five or six at a time. It's about five days, and we bring them on the journey. And these men, um, while well, I said that they are fresh, many of them are recently back, 
But we've also had a number of guys from Vietnam who for 40-plus years have suffered debilitating effects of post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Um, Let me just kind of preface an umbrella all of this of what's coming on. And, John, you you nailed it early on. You nailed it really early on about – it's about the heart. It's about the wounds, and it happens in our childhood. What our medical profession, particularly in the military mental health, are encasing as post-traumatic stress disorder, combat-related stress, is actually the wounds from the childhood. And every single man that's come through, and we've mm. had over 100 so far, mm. it absolutely goes back to that. Now, the event, there's a deciding event that happens in their lives that brings it up to the surface most of the time. But as we, you know, step back, it's about those childhood wounds. And so I say that as a preface to these men coming in, and and they're coming in because many of them, the current ones, a lot of them have suicidal ideations. Mm. A number of the young men have actually felt absolute loss of hope where the enemy comes in and literally just steals their hope. Yeah. Uh, Last year, we had more suicides in the Department of Defense active duty than we had in combat deaths, which is pretty sad. Well, okay. So with that said, the men, they come. And um, we've had a number of folks from special operations. And by that, I mean Delta Force, Navy SEALs, uh, Marine Recon, Special Forces. And not that we are specializing in these guys, but through word of mouth and men who have spoke about what we do, these men particularly, they don't ask for help. They have figured it out that you're on your own. And when they get those shields, well, nobody asks them if they got what it takes. Yeah. They've got what it takes to the world. Yeah. And they hide behind it. And the enemy absolutely takes them out. Their lives get destroyed. Their family lives get destroyed. And many times it's all out of control. It's trying to control their lives. Yeah. And when they get to the end of themselves and they can't do this anymore, then they come to us. See, that's that just a fascinating thing that you guys are working with Navy SEALs, the leaders of Navy SEAL teams. Yes. I mean, pretty serious men. Yes. And yet everything that we talk about in Wild at Heart is still true. Yes. It's still true. The father wound, the invalidation, the search for validation now through courage and, and incredible, you know, Absolutely. experiences on the front lines. And, and yet if those issues don't get resolved, I mean, he may look to the world like a man's man, but yeah. the heart is the heart. Yes. The heart's the heart. And when the heart gets wounded, nothing fix it until you deal with that. Absolutely. And these men, and I could tell you with a pretty accurate statistic that 99.9% of these men, and I'd also say women, that go into the military are wounded, wounded people. Yes. And they are trying to get their validation by, do I have what it takes? I mean, John, it is it is so pervasive. I've often said that DOD and all the services, DOD ought to be called poses are us. Uh-huh. I mean, that's true. Now, that yeah. doesn't take away from the courage and the strength that these men and women show. But what it does show me is that the reason that they go in is that they are trying desperately to get those questions answered. Do I have what it takes? Can I come through? Am I a man? So the testing takes place. And what these men find is many times right in the middle of battle and physical battle, 
most of them have no idea that there's also a spiritual battle going on right. for their soul. Right. And they experience some pretty horrific things, and then they're just left. I mean, the control and the confidence that they had going in, now they have really not much to stand on mm. except for, mm. you know, what happened. Mm. And uh, How do you help a guy wounded, not merely physically, but soulfully at such a deep level? I mean, yeah. these guys are strong. They're independent. They, you know, they, yeah. they've built a life of bravado, again, not in a bad sense. I mean, you need these guys to be courageous. Yes. You need them to be independent yes, out there, you, you know, but you how do you help them? Well, when they uh, when they come to the ranch, um, interesting enough, uh, we had a whole group from the 101st Airborne, you know, the original Band of Brothers. Right. And uh, they had the highest suicide rate in the entire military. And so we invited a group cross-section from senior officers to junior enlisted. They came. One of the gentlemen who came was the uh, uh, battalion command sergeant major. He's the top enlisted guy. He has been deployed seven times. Seven times. Seven times. In fact, as we're talking right now, they're redeploying to Afghanistan for the eighth time. Holy cow. It's unbelievable. But in one day on his last deployment, he was hit with four IEDs in his vehicle. And he's got traumatic brain injury now. And when he came to the ranch, it was kind of like a last hope for him. The chaplain who uh, was his battalion chaplain had come to our program to see what was this about. Right. And so he referred these, these guys to us. Well, this gentleman arrives with uh, six other guys. And um, when he walks in, he's just a big strapping dude. What you'd experience, you know, someone is a gladiator, right? Truly a gladiator of modern time. And he walks up to me and his name is Chris. And I immediately walked up to him, and, and I shook his hand. I said, Chris, it's great to have another E-9 here finally. I have a lot of officers that come through. but And he just kind of grips my hand, and then he kind of pulls me in, and he says, Hey, Paul, I need to tell you that I'm not religious at all. Right. And I just looked at him, and I said, You know, either was Jesus. You know, and I go, and either are we. We yes. are relational. and. You can see that, you know, that, that little bit of attention coming in like, what am I stepping into? Sure. Was taken off. And so we took a journey and we start off with, you know, telling them about the heart that they were given and kind of identifying that. And much like what you do with Wild at Heart, you know, you step them through, you bring them through the journey. And then um, we talked to them about the pose and mm-hmm. uh, why have they chosen that particular way to get their question answered. Mm. And we honor all that they have done. And Are they able to see that? Initially, they're not. By the time we get to the end of the pose and start going after their wound, you know, there, some of these are like, what did I step into, right? But then it's like point of no return. right? And uh, then we go after the wound. And what was the message of their wound? What have you lived throughout your life? And so I have them, I have them tell their story. Um, and Although abbreviated, we take about 45 minutes to an hour for these guys just to get to the point. Yeah. And um, they tell their story. And I'll, I'll tell you, John, it's, it is absolutely amazing to me. But I would tell you that 80 to 85 percent of the men that have come through, one of their biggest wounds is abandonment. Mm. Huge. Mm. And you just hear these stories. And, mm-hmm. and I ask them to go back to mm-hmm. the earliest recollection. And they do. And, uh, and they come through. And then I'm... I'm asking, and, and the guys on my team, uh, Frank, uh, Kelly, and Keith, 
Um, we, we just ask the Holy Spirit, give us the ears to hear and the heart to interpret what their story is. And so we listen and we just take notes and you know, pay attention to certain things along their story. And uh, this is the first time that every guy that's come through our program that has ever told their story, albeit 45 minutes to an hour. Mm. And you just see the brokenness mm. in all these men and how they have tried to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. So they come through and uh, we, we do the story and, and then we give them time with God to ask them to ask God to reveal what else have they been missing? What mm. other parts of the story are they missing? And then they come back and then we take them through their wounds. Mm. In the, the wound part, then we go into the healing part. I mean, literally, it's kind of like a Wild Heart boot camp jumped right in. This is first day, right into this doing is, Fourth Street. Wait, this yeah. is all day one? This is all day one. <laughs> oh yeah, we go right after Oh, it. my goodness. Uh, and, uh, you know, you would think that, well, oh, that's a bit much to kind of step into. But I've, I've just felt like the Holy Spirit said, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. And, and it absolutely works. Because it allows them to get the junk out of the way and get to what's true about them mm. and how God sees them. Mm. And uh, and it doesn't diminish them one bit. In fact, it's just the opposite. It just – these guys, they, they truly step into a strength that they never really knew that they had. And so they tell their story. And then we go after listening prayer to um, to listen to – what was said against him? What are the lies? And and then the stories come out of what has happened. I, I just had one just recently. I had this young man who was sent to us, and staff sergeant. And uh, I asked him if I could share the story, and he said, absolutely. And this young guy had been deployed four times, and each time it was hell for him. He was in battles for his life, from Fallujah to El Sadir to uh, Mosul, and this particular mission, he was in there, and he was a platoon leader for 12 guys. He was the 12th guy. They had intel that they were going into an area where there was some insurgent activity. They'd found materials to put IEDs together, uh, improvised explosive devices, and uh, which is tearing up our guys pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And so he gets ordered to take his platoon in, and so he goes in. And, and in his group, he breaks it off into three groups of four. And they're going into some pretty high grass. And so they just kind of went in and said, we're probably going to find some of, you know, some materials of bomb making and stuff. But as soon as they hit this grass, they'd broken off into three groups of four and they'd spread out. Little did they know that there was a huge insurgence, insurgency group in this grass. And they had set up perimeter infrared type instrumentation that would trigger anybody coming into it. Well, they walked right into a booby trap. And um, sure enough, I mean, they were ambushed and literally by uh, my friend's uh, uh, Mark's testimony. He said all hell broke loose. Right. And uh, soon, right away, his best friend who's to his left takes a headshot, gets shot in the head. Mm. And so they're right in the middle of the kill zone. Two young privates that are with him, they both go down. He doesn't know the intensity. They go down. He's trying to provide first aid to his best buddy. And there's just no chance. Well, mm. he gets down. He's got about 120 rounds on him and two grenades. He gets down. And he's right in the crossfire kill zone. He gets down to the end of his ammunition, and he just says enough just to get out. He gets out, 
and he doesn't know the status of the rest of the of his team. But he goes back, which is his combat operating post wasn't that far away. He rearms by himself. And the command sergeant major also told me this, so it's it's a valid, absolutely valid uh, story. He reloads with as much ammo as he can carry, grenades, and he goes back in the bush. And John, he takes every one of the enemy out. Well, if uh, your listeners remember about a year and a half ago, the insurgency in Baghdad just kind of came to a screech and halt. We were, we were hearing about um, IEDs, suicide bombs every day. And then all of a sudden, we, it was like this lull, and everybody credited it to the, uh, the insurgency of sending in the additional troops. What happened was this young guy, Mark, a staff sergeant, he uncovered the largest stash of insurgency bomb-making material in Iraq. And what that did, that crippled al-Qaeda. Mm. And so um, he was awarded the Silver Star for that. I think he should have got the Medal of Honor, I mean, for that kind of valor. Right. But he got the Silver Star. But what it did was when you would think, wow, what an honor. I mean, this guy is what heroes are made out of. And it's happening every day over there with our troops. He comes back and... He is just emotionally just absolutely gone because when he came to our program, when we went back into his story, the story from his father's message was, you can never get anything right. You are such a screw-up. And in that moment, everything came back to him that he should have known better. I mean, it's almost like, and I, I believe this, but it's hard to describe it until you see it in someone's life that God will actually put you back in your story. Yes. He will raise events that bring you back to that deep wound and those deep agreements mm-hmm. so that he can heal it. Yeah. You know, so here's this guy on one hand, he looks like an absolute hero and he is. Yes. He yes. is. But on the other hand, you know, he's back now and as you were describing him to me the other day. I mean, when he came to you guys, he was pretty shut down. Yes, he was. Emotionally dead, just a heart that... Yeah. Deep guilt. Yes, shame. Yeah. I mean, on the point of many of these guys, they literally play with the idea of suicide because the pain is so bad. Right, of course. And they're trying to do it within themselves. And the military medical facilities and the mental health, God bless them for what they're doing. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to put a Band-Aid on an arterial bleed. Right. And uh, it's not working. And what we have found is we're the only ones that are doing this, John, of going after bringing God something larger than themselves to know that you have a God that loves you and that you also have an enemy that's greater than just that physical one that we're Mm -hmm. fighting. Yeah. And Well, and you guys are bringing actual healing. Yes. To the soul, yes. which is – it's very, very different to say to a man, God loves you, you're forgiven, all is well, you are his son, you know. Yeah. Uh, but until you heal the soul, that stuff just bounces off. That's it just exactly doesn't even true. matter. This is dramatic. We just got to pick this up in the next podcast. Sorry to do that, folks, but um, time's out and you need to hear the rest of this story because it's just phenomenal. So – um, stay tuned for more of what what's happening in the lives of these incredible men. If you want uh, more information about Ransomed Heart, come to RansomedHeart.com. 
And if you want more information about Paul's ministry, come to operationrestoredwarrior.com.